What is up, everybody? Joe Sav here with you. Another edition of Rad Parenting. I've had a ton of coffee. We've got a great topic today. Because I talk a lot. I figure we got to talk about communication with our kids, man. It is hard. Like when they are little, for the people out there that have little kids, it, they're talking a lot right now. Like they learn one word and they just say it and they say it and they say it. And as they get older, five and six, they tell you stories. They hang out with you. They just want to tell you everything that happened in their day. I think Louis C.K. has a bit about that, that like you're talking too much. What can you possibly say to me that means anything? Like there's nothing that has happened <laughs> I love that. But as they get older, 13 and 14, and, and, and I have a daughter that's uh, 14 years old, I feel that the, the conversation is just getting harder and harder to get. And it's almost like I have to break a code mm-hmm. to get in there to have any any real conversation with her. Uh, I have so many questions for you, Nea. Like, just can there be a real conversation? Is there a code? Is this normal? I don't even know where to start. Sure. It's a topic that's been going on forever for everyone that's listening. We're going to try to try to figure it out how we can communicate and have real conversation with our teenagers. Yeah, it's a question I get from a lot of parents because we're terrified, right? When our kids stop talking to us or they're not sharing as much, we're wondering what's going on and we want we want to know who they are. Um, I think some of us are afraid of what, what we're going to hear from them and, and so we're, we're kind of getting in our own way a little bit. But in terms of the code, I mean, the code is really, first of all, as a parent of a teenager, the minute our kids start to enter adolescence, they're going through what in the psychology world is called a process of individuation. So literally becoming an individual separating from their parents, wanting to get a sense of themselves, trying on different versions of themselves, right? So some of it is just being out in the world and and wanting to do things their own way and not be scrutinized by their parents. But a big part of it, and this is the groundwork we can lay for those of you out there that have younger kids, is making it a regular thing that we communicate together, communicating at the dinner table, communicating in the car rides to and from school, all of those things, and really keeping a certain like guidelines in your mind. No shaming, No judging, because the minute that you shame or you judge when they share something with you, it's over. They're going to stop sharing and they're going to tell somebody who's not judging or shaming. You have to sort of think of everything that a kid is going through in their teenage years as a work in progress. So if it was like a piece of clay that that they're molding and shaping in a way that feels good, they think, and then the next day they're like, no, I want to make it a different shape. If you're stepping in and judging them along the way, they're just going to clam up because they want to be able to keep molding and shaping themselves. Does that make sense? Absolutely. One of the best analogies I ever heard was uh, from a friend that said, as your kids grow up, they're trying on a lot of different hats. That's right. And as they go through their life, they're trying on a lot of different hats. And I realized, you know, I'm in my 40s, late 40s, and um, I'm <laughs> Let's still trying. Yeah, Let's hang on to those 40s. Hanging on to those 40s. I'm still trying on different hats. Yeah. As I roll into 5-0, I'm still trying on different hats. Brilliant. I, I, you know, whether it's like I just got into boxing. I always wanted to box. So I yeah. got this boxing hat on now that I'm learning that. So what you're saying is, is kids are growing. They're trying on different hats. You're using the analogy of, of they're molding. They're, and if you're over the top of them, yeah. shaming them. We talk about that so much. Or judging. Or judging. Yes. Which is so hard to do. Because what are we conditioned to do? All day long. Yeah. Judge people. Hit the tweet out. Look at that. Look at that person wearing that. Don't give a Eesh. like to that. So Shaming, harsh. judging. Yeah. How now, okay, you avoid doing all of that. And and there's something that you need to in order to in order to not shame and not judge, first of all, back to the number one rule of parenting, kick leave your ego at the door. 
Because if your ego is involved, a lot of our reactions to what our kids say or do that are like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. What? You what, you did what? That comes from like, oh my God, what does that say about me as a parent? And uh, you know, what, what the heck is my kid thinking? Where did I go wrong? Whatever. Uh-uh. They're just trying things on. And if you want them to keep talking, keep sharing with you, you need to give them a safe space to do that. It's like any any healthy communication. If I came to you tomorrow, Joe, and I said, you know what, I've got this really heavy thing. I really need to talk to you about it. And you're like, hey, no problem. Well, like whatever's on your mind. And I got three sentences in and you're looking at me with horror because you cannot believe that's I'm done. I'm never coming to you again because I'm looking for a place to work it out, to process my thoughts. That's what our kids are doing when they come to us. Okay. For the people with younger kids, you're you're getting your head around this idea. All right, got to have the communication early on. Open mm-hmm. up those communication, those con- conversations, whether it's dinner table, bedrooms, all that. Okay, let's go right to maybe that wasn't done. Yeah. That's why if someone's listening to this show, like, hey, check it out. You know, I have a 12-year-old. I have a 13-year-old. I have a 15-year-old. I saw this and it yeah. said communication. I clicked on it. Okay, I got a 15-year-old and we don't have the best communication what Anea, what can we do now? What do I do now? Okay, I'm so and I think I've heard you say I think I've heard you say this a few times. This is one of the things I love about the way you parent, Joe, is being human, allowing yourself to say the truth. I don't feel like I did the job that I should have done when you were younger because I really want to be able to commu- I want to know who you are. Here's the deal. I'm human and I make mistakes and and I, you know I've been a, as good a parent as I could be and I want to be an even better parent because I want you to feel like I'm here for you or my parents didn't communicate with me that way. I want to be better for you. Showing your children that you are human will give them permission to be human. And that to me is the most beautiful base for honest communication between any two human beings. So letting yourself be vulnerable. Yep. Throw Ooh, it out there. Hard, yes. That That's is really so scary, right? It is scary. And I think we're sort of showing conditioned. Your kid, show, con- showing your kid you're not perfect. That's right. And we're conditioned because of all of the, like, you know, we're just bombarded constantly by messages and this idea that we're supposed to be perfect parents. We we second guess ourselves. Like, is it okay for me to say, like, I, I messed up? Of course it is. It Of course it is. Because you are demonstrating for them, modeling for them, giving them permission to say, you know what, mom, or you know what, dad, I made a mistake and I need to figure out how to make this better. And they'll know that it's okay to make mistakes and then come back and try to make it better if you give them space to do that. All right, now I'm going to put you on the spot, sure. full spot right now. Okay, we're going to get into an example. Like I want to know where, where are the best opportunities to have these conversations with your teenager that that it can turn into something more than just a, how was your day at school? Yeah. You know, you're using the car ride. Love the car ride. um, I also know everyone always says, sit on the end of your kid's bed. And if you're there long enough, that generally will kind of open up to you, which I've had that happen. You know, you're sitting there long enough. You you know, if you're in the room long enough, then finally something will start to happen. Maybe I'm wrong in that. I don't know. Is there an example of a place? Like how do I open for, for the mom and dads are listening. I want, I want them to go. I almost want to give everyone an example that when they're done listening, they go, okay, this is what we're doing this weekend. I'm going to take my kid to here or I'm going to do this. So first of all, as with anything that we ever talk about on this show, no one thing ever applies to all children because it's just, I mean, human beings are complex. So I would say that for most human beings, difficult conversations, and when I say difficult, that can mean in content or just like, we haven't been talking that much and I really want to have a conversation now. They rarely happen when you're like, okay, so we need to have a conversation. Don't do that. <laughs> it just sets up this huge, like, you're going to see them recoil, awkward. like, oh my gosh, what is what is he or she about to say to me? 
Um, that's part of the reason I love the car or any context in which there doesn't necessarily have to be like we're staring each other down and it feels super serious. But something, I mean, feel for the moment. Like maybe it's a time when for whatever reason they're in a really good mood and they're sharing some little bit of their their day or their week. Or maybe it's a really vulnerable moment where you see that they're upset and you, you say, you know, you look really sad. And like, is there anything I can do? What's going on? And the minute that they start opening up, you can use it as an opportunity to demonstrate to them that this is a safe place and that you can just be a good listener. Um, certainly at a time when they're not distracted by video games or texting or because that's just not going to go anywhere they're going to be frustrated and you're going to be frustrated i feel a lot of the times that i've had the best conversations lately are when there's opportunities whether like with my son we watch a lot of baseball together so we're watching baseball together and we're talking about baseball we're not talking about yep. homework we're not talking about you know what's going on at school and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden these conversations of what is going on kind of slide into because we're talking about something that's totally not on the plan on the agenda of yes. what normally we'd be talking about yes. so all of a sudden that opens up um do you feel that those opportunities can happen with with the teenager where maybe mom and you know mom or dad both bond over something together with them that they're into that's Definitely. totally not the typical mom and dad conversation does that make sense yeah for, for sure and at the very least you have to create those moments so it's almost like again, i think we have to start when our, the minute our kids start to move into adolescence one of the big shifts that every parent has to make is to stop seeing their child as a little person that is totally dependent and they need to like keep them at their hip to keep them safe and really start to see that child as a separate human being and so if you stop and say okay so if i was going to have a conversation right now with a coworker, with a friend with a sibling an adult sibling what if we hadn't talked in a while how might i lay the groundwork to establish a foundation for conversations that might be a little bit more involved a little more intimate a little more difficult and do the same thing with your with your child they're human beings that's the hardest thing you just said though looking at them not as that little toddler mm-hmm. in the in the diaper that has you know that's just been on them all day and you're like in the pajamas they're in the pajamas yep. and you're just visualizing them as yeah. this little blob and now they're this human being that has their own thoughts and ideas yeah what i have found both in in terms of like as a parent to my own daughters but also in my in my private practice when i've worked with i mean more teenage girls than i can than i can count that when i speak to them like young adults like you know another person another human being with valid thoughts and and a valid voice i see them immediately start to open up because that's really what they want to do. Nobody wants to carry all that stuff inside of themselves and deal with it all on their own. But what you're saying is so hard to do because as a parent, I feel that when we're talking to our own kids, all of a sudden our parents and how they spoke to us just kind of creeps in yeah. and you start following almost like an actor follows their lines and said like in where that thing comes from. Did I really just say that? Yep. Oh my gosh, I sound like my dad. Right. So it's so hard and I, and I want people to listen to the show that that's a struggle I think all of us go through. When it's someone else's kid, I can talk to him all day long right. about anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I work with I've worked with bands my whole life, young people telling me crazy things. Right. But when you know when your own kid tells you something that's crazy and you have to bite your tongue and be like, "Yeah, I understand, you know, not past judgment." Right. So two so two things on that. Number 1, that's why you have to have some of the easier the things you know are easier conversations first so that you can even go back just with your partner or in your own mind and go, "Okay, so where did I sound like my father or my mother and 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 where was I on point?" so that I can like go forward and really consciously create the next conversation and the one after that. The other thing is that um It's really important to, and I always encourage parents to do this, 
find another young adult, whether, and it might even just be an uncle, it might be like a full-blown adult in your life that your child has somehow form, formed a bond with. Because the things that you might have difficulty saying, or they might have difficulty hearing from you because you're their parent, that other significant adult in their life, maybe it was somebody that used to babysit them, it's like a slightly older cousin, whatever, create a little bond with that person and say, you know what, I really want to find out what's going on with this. I'm really concerned, but she's not going to hear it from me or he's not going to hear it from me. Can you talk to her? And I don't even need to know what's said. I just need to know that somebody I trust is speaking to my kid and, and having this conversation. I have great communication with my son right now and my daughter and I are getting better. I got to ask you the question though, is it different for girls than boys? Are boys more talkative as they get older or is girls let you know you I think said- it totally depends again okay. it totally depends on the individual child um I think that you know part part of what what you're asking is that you know is there a different bond can can a, a boy communicate better with his father and a girl commun- I don't necessarily think that there's a rule of thumb I think that sometimes girls have an easier time communicating with their 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 dad because their dad's not all up in the stuff that their mom might be up in and vice versa I think what's really key, ideally, when even whether you're together or you're separated or divorced or whatever, that both parents are in some way playing a role in trying to stay involved in understanding who he or she is. Um, I think that we give girls more permission to process their thoughts and their feelings via verbal communication. I think that we teach boys, unfortunately, that that's not supposed to be something they're supposed to share, that really the only um, acceptable emotion for a boy to either express through word or action is anger. And we don't give boys permission to be vulnerable or sad or all of those things that are super important. So I think it's just with boys and girls, I think it's important to give them space to uh, to, safe space to communicate about whatever it is they want to communicate. And if they're clamming up, figure out why. Yeah. Also, it sounds like now that when I see parents that have had really strong communications with their kids through the whole ride, Mm -hmm. I can't help but think the groundwork with that communication was set up when they were younger. Almost certainly. So it's really all about, once again, going back to using those tools of not shaming, not judging, even when they're younger, so that instead of, hey, now let's have some real conversations because you're a teenager, you've built up this trust, you've built up this relationship with them that you've cultivated over their whole entire life on this planet so that when you want to have these real conversations with them, it's not something you're trying for the first time. Absolutely. And for the parents out there who have the 15 or 16-year-old that did not lay the groundwork for whatever reason, it is not too late. It's never too late. And I love your approach, Joe. Again, just to reiterate this idea of saying, I didn't do this the way that I wanted to. And I and I really want to make this better now. And and I want to talk about how I could do that. And we can start small, we can start slow, but I really want to get to a place where you feel like I'm a safe person to talk to. I always say I wish I would have started this podcast with you 10 years ago because now I have a teenager and and I, I always learn so much from you, like the word shaming and not judging because, you know, I'm not going to lie, those tools were in my parenting toolbox and I didn't even realize yeah. I had a big old shame saw in there and the hammer that had judgment on it. I will judge you. But what I've learned too, and this, I want dads that are listening and moms that are listening right now, because I know right now you're like, oh my gosh, I've done these things. But what I've learned is parenting isn't, uh, it's not, it's not a sprint. It's not like once around the track, this is a marathon. And 
as a parent, you just, like we said, trying on a different hat. Totally. At the beginning of the show, our kids get to try on different hats. Why not? I'm going to try on a new hat. It's called better dad hat. I'm going to try that on. It's going to it's gonna be better mom hat, uh, more open-minded mom, or more into conversation and not judging and not shaming hat. That'd be a crazy hat because that's a lot of words written on it. Right, but it's, <laughs> much, it's a much more effective hat than I'm perfect which none of us are, which then sets our kids up to think that they have to be perfect. There's no making mistakes because there's going to be judgment because I see my mom or dad like judging themselves or always being perfect. Yeah. And, and, and once again, with the communication, if you lay the groundwork early on, it's going to be easier. But once again, like we all said, if you haven't done that and, and you got a 15 year old, 16 year old that's not talking to you, it's not too late. It's just creating those opportunities yeah. for the two of you to bond as human, as human beings, beings, two human beings, get curious about your kids. Ask questions with genuine love and curiosity. And, and I'll, they tell, will ask, and they I'll will tell you guys right now from experience, you got to invest the time. This isn't like everything in our life, click, boom, it's there. I'm telling you, with getting that trust and building up that relationship, this isn't a like one night like, oh, I'm going to come home. I listen to Rad Parenting. I'll sit on the edge of the bed and then all of a sudden by tomorrow morning, we're out. <laughs> that's not happening. I'm telling you right now, this is six months of work you got to do and then you're going to email us and go, I had the conversation because I'm telling you, I'm, I, that's, that's what I've had to do. Yeah. Just and it's, it's an investment. It's an investment in the long. I, you know, with my oldest daughter who went off to college, I can see how the time and energy that we invested through those difficult, like I'd say, you know, 14, 15, 16 were the most difficult years. And I can see how it's paid off now because when she's away from home, I am not constantly worrying that she does not have the tools to to make good good choices and that she will, I, I know that she'll come to me and tell me if something's gone sideways so that I can help her work through it. I feel like we could do this show over and over and over again. And we probably will. Naya, thank you so much for coming in. Um, communication breakdown doesn't need to be a breakdown big words that we learned again uh, no judgment no shaming sitting on the edge of the bed I don't know talking baseball uh, listening to music anything that you can do just to spend some quality time together will pay off because the communication will start to happen it's like a little seed Absolutely. and you water it with just sitting there and talking and not judging which is so hard to do don't feel bad you're on the ride rad parenting we're out of here now yeah we're that was done. Good. That was great. The room got hot. It's really hot. It's here. really hot. We got to get some money for some AC. <laughs> Rad parenting. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>